0: Dear ones, you're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ.
1: Glory forever, sister listeners. How are you? I am good. It's uh, been one week of the gray fast. And yeah. I am, uh, I'm glad it's your topic because I, uh, I thought I was going to do mine today, and so I was trying to cram. For some great fasty type uh, thunks and uh, and they weren't they weren't coming together and then all of a sudden you the organizer was like no it's my topic today I'm like oh good so um, I'm happy. I forgot
0: that thunk I forgot that thunk is a thing now um.
1: I I think I say that more often than I knew until you and Father Travis called me out I just I think I say that as a joke <laughs> I think I think it came I think it comes from shout out to my brother Sean who would who would kind of what would he say. There was something. Something he would say as a kid is going to come to me later on. That he would say, "Oh man, I'm trying to right now." That's what I thunk, or something like that. You know, it was just, it was, it was just hmm. something like that that he would say as a kid that we all thought was hilarious, and so it, I still say it as an adult. Anyway, you know, it'll come to me.
0: Speaking of Sean, this isn't about Sean, um, but I, <laughs> I, I used to think that. You were just like the funniest person ever. But I'm starting to think maybe it's Until just an O'Loughlin thing you because met Sean. <laughs> No, it's not about Sean. That's that's okay. what I'm saying. But um but Christopher sent me some messages and I was like, he is so funny. So maybe it's just an O'Loughlin one. thing.
1: Christopher is the funny one. I, I think we could say that objectively. He um, but he also the, the thing about the, uh, the rest of my brothers is that they all have wives that stop them if they're about to go too far. And so uh-huh. we'll sit around each other and make each other laugh and laugh <laughs> and laugh and laugh. And, laugh. And, um, and they all have wives that have little, you know, the little wife to husband signals that every wife has, every husband knows, like uh-huh. you're going too far, honey. It's the tap on the back or the look or the, the secret password or whatever to say, okay, stop now. And they all have that. And then I'll just keep on going. It usually takes my mom or my sister to be like, Father Michael. Like, oh, sorry, sorry.
0: I, um, yeah, I, what was it? He, I'm seeing if I can find it in, um, in my messages. He, he was telling me how the family was doing. And then he says, oh, this is, I hope he doesn't mind that I'm sharing this on the podcast. <laughs> um, he, he said, Stacy, that's his wife, Stacy, Stacy is beautiful, charming, intelligent, graceful, excels in her job and in managing the home and is forgiving of the overgrown fifth child. Note, they have four children. The (laughs) overgrown fifth child who frequently makes bathroom jokes at the table and forgets to complete household repairs. (laughs) And I was just like, he's so funny. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: I think that's why it's because when when we get when we get I mean it would be we could the the five of us and Teresa's included my sister so it's five of us four boys and a girl um Teresa's included in this but if if we could literally write like a sitcom and just crank out all these funny episodes and just the way that all of our of our brains work together and that we would make each other laugh and we just sit around and start you know, kind of creating these worlds um we would we would definitely need the wives and the mom there to kind of or the the husband, although Teresa's husband Colin is hilarious too. He actually fits right in.
0: Oh, Colin's um, so funny.
1: Yes, so we 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 could definitely write some pretty funny sketch comedy or something like that. That would be
0: Seska's funny too.
1: Oh, Lachlan humor, she is, and all the women, are, of course, are funny too. But it's just it's just they they have a, a slightly different role. But yeah, I think I think yes, I think Seska actually is could fit along right with with us and probably go a little bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we do, and I have to have somebody else stop her as well.
0: It is my turn, right? Yes, you did. Um, you did the saints of the day.
1: Yes, that was the last one we were oh, okay. There we go.
0: Yeah, um, Lumpy and Urukai. You're That's
1: you're funny. you're very humble to be admitting this online after I was out on the air. After I'm like, like, well, oh, you, she's the organized one. She knows whose day it is.
0: Yeah, I am. Um, only slightly because, more organized. Did than you notice was.
1: did you notice what I called this episode? I just I didn't since I didn't know the topic yet, I just put my name on there because I put like who who's leading. And I actually put my I put FM on there for Father Michael instead of SN for sister Natalia. Oh,
0: in the spreadsheet?
1: No, in the in when I sent you the link.
0: Oh. So what? so dear listeners. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> so I you, don't you might get not anything understand.
0: that has your when I get okay. Way.
1: Well, well, well. Okay. Within Squadcast. So, dear listeners, we use a thing called Squadcast. Squadcast <laughs> allows so sister and I can see each other like Skype, but but you can't see us because it's not recording our the video. It's only recording the audio. So every day when we record, um, sister sends me a text about fifteen minutes beforehand, going, "Are you still available to record at this time?" Because she knows that sometimes I've either spaced it or. Even more frequently, I'm just I'm going to be a little bit late because I'm doing pastoral things. So she sends me the text today, and she's very nice about it. She's like, just planning my day, you know, and and, and very nice and like reminding me that we have this on the calendar. <laughs> and then so then I get on there about 20 minutes late on on average, and I email her the link, the squadcast link, so she can click on it, and then we we come up and, and join this. So when I type in before I know the topic, I type in what that session is called. And I just type in the date and who's leading it. So today I typed in me FM instead.
0: I don't see that when you send me the link. Why why am
1: I admitting this now? You wouldn't even known how incompetent I was if I just kind of let it go.
0: I would not have known
1: Anyway, I I think, I think actually sister and I are, are, I think I'm going to, I'm going to take a moment of, of self-congratulation here. Um, I, I think both of us, but i i'm I'm very self deprecating and and it is very <laughs> true. and some people some people do get they take it very seriously, and I think it should be because this is this is my life, and th- these are the things I'm really not good at. But I've realized, especially with my parishioners, some people listen to this and they they just like in my in their head, I am just a total mess. Like I have, I have, I have neglected all of my fatherly responsibilities because I'm a total mess. And I think in their head they literally say like, "Why, why would Bishop ordain this man? Like, why, why would Bishop send to this?" From listening the podcast
0: man? or just your yeah, self deprecation in general,
1: I, I, both I think. But but so I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't quite know what to do because at some point some of this, which is most of it's true. I mean, of course, I overgeneralize sometimes. Most of it's completely true. He really is
0: generally 20 minutes late. I
1: I really, yeah, no, absolutely. And I I am generally kind of a complete mess in many ways. But but it is, I, I also want to... I also love my priest, and I love the fact that I'm a pastor. And I, I, I hope that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about this actually <laughs> as I'm saying this, but, but there's something about, I just, I just kind of hope that the gifts God has given me that I actually live out are, are obvious to people too. Um, I think they are to some people, but obviously not all because
0: <laughs> well, anyway. Well, you should go back and read some of our emails because we get some really beautiful emails from people who talk about how we're touching their lives. And yeah. how they appreciate being able to experience our humanity and humans who are not Jesus or Mary are not perfect. And
1: experiencing our humanity is a very nice way <laughs> of saying <laughs> you're kind of a mess sometimes. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Hopefully Bishop can sort through the, the letters he gets about why did you send this man? <laughs> Cause I do, I do really think that God gave me some gifts that I do utilize and, and, and sometimes things Our Lord uses me in the parish to do some pretty amazing things. So I I, I see that. I just hope that they do too.
0: I'm sure they do.
1: Who knows? Who knows? All right. Enough of me ranting about my insecurities here. What is the topic, sister?
0: Aw. I need to make sure I'm super nice to you for the rest of this episode.
1: Ah, No, please don't. Do not do not pander. (laughs) No pity. No pity. Hey, have you seen this?
0: Um, I don't they posted the. Is. You're
1: not on social media. I just. I have it on my desk here. I'm, this uh-huh. is a total perla. This is Trevor Williams.
0: Oh, there. Trevor Williams baseball
1: is my baseball friend who just got who just got who signed with the Cubs. Um, is that
0: a Star Wars uniform?
1: Yes, he's wearing a stormtrooper uniform. <laughs> but it's it's a, it's, a, it's a Trevor Williams bobblehead that when I went and visited him um, to congratulate him for his being for signing with the Cubs, he gave me this bobblehead of him, and and lo- look look at that on the front. Can you tell what that is?
0: His signature with a heart?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what is this on the back? That's Um, his signature. I had his wife sign it too,
0: which I think is
1: hilarious. So
0: that's his wife's signature on the
1: front? Because she signed the front of his bobblehead and put a little heart on there. So now it looks, when people look at this bobblehead, they think that Trevor Williams signed his signature with a heart, but it's actually his wife, Jackie, who signed the heart and it was really funny because I said hey he gave me this he's like oh man I was like hey can you sign it and he goes off to get a sharpie and as he's gone his wife's like do you, do you want me to sign it too and I was like <laughs> <laughs> and she's like I say that all the time when people are like hey can you sign this for me and she was like can I sign it you want me to sign it too <laughs> just as, like, as kind of a self deprecating thing but I was like yes that would actually be really really funny so after Trevor signed the back then she signed the front
0: You're sorry absolutely that was a total perla
1: I'm, it's, just, it's just where my where my eyes on my desk went so
0: um all right, yeah that was on to serious thriller.
1: things. Are you yeah.
0: ready for me to introduce my husband? Yes,
1: go ahead. Please just Most talk wonderful, over me.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Father I didn't even
1: I didn't even feel like talking before we started this episode honestly. I was just kind of in a weird mood. You probably even noticed. Father I was just kind of not
0: feel like talking. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I know. Record. I was
1: like, "Oh my gosh. I honestly if we didn't have this or if like you had to cancel, I probably would have taken a nap. That's just the mood I was in. But now I'm like, I'm back." I'm back. Thank you, sister. You've you've brought me back to my normal. I desire to be here. I desire to be talking to you. I desire to be podcasting. And that Did was not the case twenty minutes today? ago. Did you skip coffee today?
0: Because something is happening that I don't. I remember. only had one. I only had. That's one. what's happening. Okay, yeah, sorry. I'm okay. having um, I'm having a hobo latte, um, and um, it's I made it with coconut milk because we're in the fast. However. I made it with coconut milk instead of almond milk because coconut milk is so much more delicious. And we sang all of these things at matins about how even though it's a fast, we're supposed to feast because of St. Theodore, who I don't really know oh. that much about. And um, other than he like shut down Emperor Maximian with some things that I don't know what. Um, he,
1: he invented cereal, sister. This is, he's like one of my favorites.
0: I don't understand the
1: joke you're making. So the, the, today, which is the first Saturday of the Great Fast, we celebrate the miracle of St. Theodore. Do you know what the uh-huh. miracle was? No. Okay. <laughs> the miracle was is that a f- a, probably a few decades after his death, the emperor was still, was still trying to mock Christians. So the emperor literally went through and, and took blood sacrifice to idols and threw it all over all of their food in the marketplace. So just covered all the, all the Christian's food with, with the, with blood offered to idols. Now this is of course, after Christ, the, we, we, they technically just wash it off cause it's just blood. It's not offering to idols means nothing as St. Paul says very eloquently, but, um, the the bishop said, you know, we will not eat this. It was, it was he didn't, I, I would imagine happened. It was the bishop didn't want to confuse the people because of course there's always this desire, even in the heart of every Christian, to run after the pagans because the pagan gods are so much easier to worship and they're usually fun to worship and you usually can allay some fears by worshiping them. So he didn't want the people to think that he was lightening up on the on the mandate not to worship pagan Pagan idols, and he knew that if they ate this food with with blood off our idols all over it, that would be confusing them. So he forbade them. Now this is, is of course very fitting in the fast, so they were very hungry. So Theodore then appeared to him and said, Have them boil wheat and and mm. make it into koliva. And that's why on all soul Saturdays and on Saturdays of the Great Fast, we <gasps> bless and eat koliva, which is which is just boiled wheat. Sometimes people add honey, sometimes they add um, like almonds and things like that, that make it really good. Um, but it was, a, it was a gift from St. Theodore, a recipe from St. Theodore made so that the people did not have to eat the food from the marketplace offered by idols. So we commemorate that miracle today, the first Saturday of the Great Fast, since it's on Saturdays, especially during the Great Fast, but before as well, for all souls that we use koliva as, as the food that's blessed on all souls Saturdays for the dead.
0: That's where the tradition of koliva comes from. Yes. That's fascinating.
1: Yes. Amen.
0: I never knew that.
1: So I just say he invented cereal, which is not exactly true, but
0: he invented, he invented boiled wheat. Oh, yeah. neat. God
1: bless you, Theodore. And another quick story about Theodore. Um, so Theodore of Tyre, Theodore, the the recruit, he was a soldier. Um, he was uh, what we call a Hieromartyr, martyr, a great martyr um, in the early church. And throughout Turkey and which was Asia Minor which is of course kind of the seat of Byzantine Catholicism um, throughout Turkey when you walk through Turkey of course all the churches 99% of the churches are shut down so especially if you go out to the countryside you just have all these empty churches that are locked up so you can't go inside because it's modern day Turkey Um, but we found me and a priest friend of mine shout out to Father Jack Custer who speaks like every language imaginable and he and I were there and we were we were going to go on a tour of some underground caves but we walked up to this church and of course it was closed it had not been open for a hundred years, you know, and and so it was totally neglected, surrounded by a gate, but the gate was open. So we kind of walk in and we're looking at the outside of this church because we can't go in this old, old, you know, my gosh, hundreds and hundreds of year olds church and who's on the front, but two icons that are very rundown of George and Theodore and George and Theodore, the two soldier saints are on almost all of the Greek churches throughout Turkey. They, they love these two soldier saints. But as we're, as we're looking at this, this little Turkish boy comes up and he starts asking in English for money and a ver- very broken English. He's probably six and he's asking for money. And, and so then Father Jack starts talking to him in Turkish because Father Jack speaks Turkish. So he starts talking to the kid in Turkish and they're having this big long conversation. I'm like, what are they talking about? Like the kid's just asking for money. Is Father Jack like, you know, trying to make him Christian or something like this? Anyway, <laughs> all of a sudden the kid walks off and I said, what was that long conversation about? And Father Jack goes, well, I was asking him some questions about like, what, what have you learned as a six year old Turkish kid what did you learn? This building is, and he said, the building is a is a monument um, to Turkish power. And I said, okay, you know, like, Whoa. what does that mean? He goes, well, we put those two, we put those two um, evil priests. So oh. those two evil priests tried to come, and they they tried to kill all the Turks. And so oh. so we 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 put them up there, and now we have these monuments to the evils of of Christianity. And this is what, in this little tiny town in Turkey, this, is how this little kid had learned. And so he had told Father Jack this entire story. And Father Jack knew it was something like that because he knew how this Whoa. was because we're not allowed to wear our clerics in Turkey. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to pray, of course, in Hagia Sophia or anything like that. So um, I, was, I was just intrigued that, that this little boy, like he had learned specifically what obviously not what George and Theodore were these two soldier saints, but, but what, what they imagined them to be in order to kind of create this vitriol, this rhetoric against Christians.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. That's like the, right,
1: well, that's my topic. Thank you for, uh, for yeah, listening.
0: Seriously, I was, I was kind of laughing to myself because just a minute ago, he said, I just don't want to talk today. Um, the that's not what you sounded like. That reminds me of when I was in college, you had to go deeper sister. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, they
0: um, when I was in college, some friends of mine asked me to um, to tell the story of Star Wars, like what I thought the plot of Star Wars was because I had never seen Star okay. Wars, okay. and so, like just based on the things <laughs> that I had heard. <laughs> And, and they were laughing so hard. I don't remember what I said. I, I remember saying something about um, Jabba Jabba Binks. Like I conflated the two, um, Jabba the Hutt and Jar Jar Binks. And then, Have you seen it now? No. Well, I saw the first one. Okay. I saw the first now, what one. Do, what
1: do you mean by the first one? Episode you four. You mean episode four. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Because I had a crush on a guy who... Was just in love with Star Wars, so obviously oh. I watched it with him. Um, that was way before the monastery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love how we to qualify these things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't want to scandalize anyone, so I hear you. Um. Anyways, let's talk about my topic now that yours is done.
1: We're only um, eighteen minutes into the episode.
0: I know, but but it was kind of it was like a Saints of the Day intro. There we go. So it wasn't just banter for 18 minutes. There was some banter and then the saints of the day. And now we're going to move into another topic. Amen. Do you have, based on my prayer before recording, do you know what my topic's about?
1: Ooh, I wasn't I wasn't trying to manipulate today.
0: I know. I was, there, was I, I was only, the, there was only one small hint.
1: Oh, there was something you said that I really liked in the prayer beforehand, but I forget what it was. That's probably what it was.
0: no. Um,
1: no. why no, I wouldn't because, like it or what?
0: No, it's not that part of the prayer because it came at the very end.
1: The very end
0: in the intercessions.
1: You asked for the intercession of of um Fulton Sheen
0: uh-huh. and
1: Michael and Nathaniel. Uh-huh. and was there somebody else?
0: Uh-huh. Oh my gosh.
1: No, I don't remember. Sorry.
0: St. Ephraim.
1: Oh, nice. I have my eyes closed. I remember you saying that, but I thought you were laughing when you said it. So I didn't want to open my eyes.
0: Um, now, do you know what today's topic is?
1: Uh, religious names. No. Oh, uh, saints. St. Saint Ephraim, the Syrian.
0: The Prayer of St Ephraim.
1: The Prayer of Saint Ephraim. Okay: Because we're nice. in the
0: great fast. Okay. Nice. So um, so this is coming out March 10th, So right now we've just we're recording on the first Saturday of the great fast. So we're six days into the fast as we're recording, but this is coming out about halfway through the fast, um, cool. And maybe a little more than halfway. Um, but I want to talk about there's a prayer, uh, the prayer of Saint Ephraim. Written theoretically by St. Ephraim the Syrian. I heard at some point, I don't remember if someone told me, so I love the prayer of St. Ephraim. It's part of my fourth favorite service of the year. I love the canon of St. Andrew of Crete, which is my favorite service of the year. Okay. Um, someone told me that one of those was probably not written by that saint. Like either that St. Ephraim didn't write the prayer or that St. Andrew didn't write this canon. And I don't remember well,
1: which Well, the canon of does commemorate St. Andrew of Crete. <laughs>
0: no, but I mean, didn't he write the parts about up to St. Mary of Egypt?
1: He did. I'm sure he did. Well, I don't know he did, but I'm, I'm just joking. But we, I'm sure that oh. the part commemorating him was added later on.
0: So yeah. yes. Um, but the, anyways, I don't remember which of those it was. If the person was telling me that- the prayer actually wasn't written We're by Saint a Ephraim. We're Byzantine.
1: We don't care about these historical accuracy <laughs> things.
0: <laughs> don't let facts get in the way of a good story.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, so, so, anyways, the the prayer of Saint Ephraim is something that we pray very often during the Great Fast. We also pray it during some of the um, during the other fasting seasons on particular mm-hmm. days. But we pray it. At matins, we prayed at each of the hours. We prayed at vespers. We don't have it. Do we have it at Great Compline? Do you remember? I just prayed Great Compline last night. I I should know this. Um, I think so, Brain. Okay, yeah. So, anyways, we prayed a lot during during the Great Fast, and so I wanted to share it with people, and then I also wanted to. talk about so that in the prayer, the first part of the prayer, we're asking the Lord to take away or to spare us from certain spirits. Do you want and to read the whole thing
1: first or no?
0: I'm going, just let me do my thing.
1: Please. Zip.
0: Okay. Um, the first part we're asking the Lord um, to spare us from certain spirits. The second part we're asking him to bestow on us certain spirits. Um, and then the third part is about helping us to see our sin. And so I want to um, share the prayer with everyone and then um, and then talk through some of the modern-day applications for each of those spirits. Okay?
1: Do you mean alcohol spirits or something else?
0: I'm, I'm going to read the prayer now. Um. <laughs> I I don't have the. <laughs> you are just really amused right now. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. Okay, um, it's really hard. I'm going to close my eyes because I can't look at you right now. Um, the I don't have in front of me our current translation, but I'm going to try to do it from memory, which is always fine until you're on the spot. So. Um,
1: By the way. I yes. I tried this last night while doing night prayer with the Lux Catholic ladies, and it not just stopped.
0: You bombed. I, I, I bombed.
1: Totally bombed. Totally okay, bombed. Well, I was driving, um, and so I was trying to drive and do a Lux live prayer without looking at the camera because I was driving. I couldn't look at the camera. I was looking at the street and tried saying the prayer of Saint Ephrem while driving, and it didn't work. I just stopped after one attempt. It was like, okay, ladies, good night, bye.
0: Well, one of the spirits we ask for is the spirit of humility. So if it, if it bombs, then we <laughs> can we say go. thank you to, to Jesus and St. Ephraim. Okay, so here's the prayer. Lord and master of my life, spare me from the spirit of indifference, despair, lust for power, and idle chatter. Instead, bestow on me, your servant, the spirit of integrity, humility, patience, and love. Yes, O Lord and King, let me see my own sins. And not judge my brothers and sisters, for you are blessed forever and ever. Amen.
1: I did it. Amen.
0: I think. Did I do it right? Um, I do.
1: How do you spell How do you pronounce blessed, though? I say blessed, you say blessed.
0: We say blessed at the monastery, but I. Oh, okay.
1: You just said blessed. I said
0: blessed that time because I don't know what's right.
1: That's fine. I'm just trying to find something to rib you about. So, yeah, no, that was great. That was perfect.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, So. The, so I wanna talk about each of those each of those spirits and modern day applications or, or where I think that they're most relevant or most seen today um, so that people can have some greater context for that. And also nice. more context in between each of those, like the places where I paused in between each of those three parts, you do a prostration. Um, so after asking the Lord to spare us from the spirits, um, prostration, bestow upon us the spirits, prostration, help me to see my own sins, prostration. And then um, there might be some other prayers and then you do the whole thing again once without any prostrations and then one prostration at the end. Um, Yeah.
1: I do have a quick question. Are you going to explain what you actually mean by spirits plural here?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we said spare me from the spirit of indifference, despair, lust for power and idle chatter. So it's like the spirit of indifference, the spirit of despair, the spirit of lust for power, and this we're asking him to spare us from all of those spirits.
1: Right, but I don't, I don't like, what do you mean by spirits? Do you mean, like, like uh, bodiless powers?
0: No, Oh no, like the, the spirit of, like the sense of the, the evil okay. thoughts of, yeah.
1: Okay, because I honestly, I, mean. I don't know, because I, I would've, you were saying spirits plural, and I would've thought that for the for the negative ones it meant demons. It actually meant mm. evil spirits, but for the positive ones, I, I would think it would only be one spirit because there's only one spirit of God. Uh huh. So, but but Let's but it's see. not, and he is the spirit of those things because they're virtues. But but I I just don't know what the intentional the original, original intent was, and I've said this a million times, and i never thought about it. Was does it mean? Was the intent to say from the attitude of you know? It, can you can you replace spirit with attitude of, or or is it? Is it something more deeply transcendent? That's,
0: that's interesting. Yeah, I've always thought of it more as like the Logismoi that we've talked about okay. in the past. You're probably
1: right because it's it's a lowercase s spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it now in the even in the positive ones. So you're probably right. I'm just well, if if we find anything out anything differently, we'll we'll get back to you. But I never thought of it that way until you said that word until you hmm. you phrase it as spirits plural. So I, I oh, bet you're right. Interesting. I mean, you're, it's like the attitude of or the, or the reality I think, of.
0: I think the only reason I thought of it that way this time is because I'm, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about on the podcast and talking about the spirit of indifference, talking about the mm-hmm. spirit of despair, talking about the, so I think that's probably
1: it why I be thought both. of it this time. Might yeah. be both meanings, yeah. So- um, Or having a spirit, like my, my spirit, the spirit in me has this trait. It might be that too. Spare me yeah. from my spirit having this trait and my spirit having this trait, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. That's
0: kind of the form that the canon of St. Andrew takes. Mm. Um, Like we, in the canon of St. Andrew, we're saying, um, we say my soul, but like yeah. don't let my soul be like Cain who killed his brother, but um, be like Abel who offered the, yeah, things like that. Um, back to the prayer. So, the So there are three, three spirits or three attitudes or three <laughs> um, what have you that we're asking the Lord to spare us from. Idleness, um, sorry, um, indifference, despair, lust for power and idle chatter. Um, so the first one, the spirit of indifference, we're asking the Lord to spare us from this. The reason I said idleness is because that's what one of the other translations is. One of the other, I found another The second most common translation I found is is it says idleness instead of indifference. Mm -hmm. So I thought this was really interesting because when I was praying this morning during my spousal prayers, I'm praying through the prayer of St. Ephraim to think about um, what are the modern day applications? What should people be thinking of as they pray this prayer today? And with indifference... I just want to highlight a couple things for each of them since there's so many, but with indifference, the primary things I thought of were we can become indifferent to our own sin mm-hmm. uh to to just not think that sin is such a big deal because it's so downplayed in society. You know, it's like well, well everyone everyone does these things and it's it's kind of like going with the flow or going with the crowd or if other people are doing this, it's not as big of a deal and so on and so forth. And so there can become this, this indifference or this slothfulness to our own sin. But then the other aspect of indifference that I see so prevalent today is indifference towards evil in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we can, especially, especially in the world of technology, how, how rampant technology is right now. It's so easy to remove ourselves, to detach ourselves from people who are experiencing suffering. And so if, if, we're, not, if we're not seeing the people, we're not encountering the people, it's very easy for us to remove ourselves from that and to um, to just become indifferent to other people's suffering or to injustice that's happening, right? So you hear about these um, you hear about acts of violence, but like it's across the world and those are just numbers. And who I I realized this for the first time when when my brother was in, my brother was very badly injured in Iraq and um, it's in the hospital for about a year and a half at Walter Reed. Um, But it's like all of the numbers that I'd heard about the war were just that they were numbers until this was my brother. (laughs) And, um, And so I think that we, we can get caught up in that kind of indifference as well, um, of of not really being moved in a positive sense, like moved to prayer because of acts of evil in the world um, or or suffering. Um, yeah, those were the the two things that first came to mind for me of where we see indifference most today um, and and in like, even if it, it, we see it a lot also in moral relativism, right? So I think this is wrong, but this other person doesn't think it's wrong, so it's okay for them. And so there's an indifference there of of not feeling the need to preach truth or or not wanting to step on toes or something like that. Um, and so we're we're willing to just let things be as they are in order to not stir up any waves. That's not the idiom. Um, I need to just not use idioms. You don't stir (laughs) up waves. You not to make waves. I think that's the
1: thing. Make waves. Okay.
0: Um, and so anyways, that's, that's why in that last, the last kind of indifference that I'm talking about, um, the moral relativism kind, I think that the spirit of idleness in the other translation, um, really applies because it's like this, this not being moved to act, not being moved to, even if, even if the act is prayer, even if it's not like confronting a person, I don't think you should always confront a person who like, you need relationship and you need charity and you need all of those things. If you can't preach the truth with charity, please don't preach it. Um, because like, yeah. Um, so that's what I had about indifference. Do
1: you have anything to add? I just think that tying into what you said, I think a lot of people, and I've thought about this a lot about the scripture passage about, um, for those of you that scandalize these little ones is, you know, you should have a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the sea. Mm. You know what, what that means. I do think there are a lot of people on social media today, because when you put something out there, it, it can be passed around and it can, it can find such a wide ranging audience and I think people that are very powerful on social media, I think that they will because it's so easy to do, you just write out a tweet and send hit send you know that they're, they're they're in a sense indifferent to the the repercussions of what they mm-hmm. do, you know, and so they'll send out something not even thinking or something like this, and then they just they don't care you know they they said it because they think it, but they don't care um how it affects the people that and i I know a lot of people take. You know, very powerful Catholics and Christians in the church, and take take what they say, and and they they run with it, and and cause a lot of harm, even if that's not what the in, intent of the initial person was, and and that's fine. That happens. That's going to happen to all of us. But if if you go back to the original poster, then and explain how their message could cause trouble, and then they don't listen, like that—that's indifference. You know, to mm-hmm. say. You know, I'm putting it out there to make me feel better, or to make a buck, or to to preach to my audience. If it goes and it actually harms people, it's like you know, I'm I make it's like drugs. You know, you make drugs. Like I'm, I'm just making the drugs. Like I don't, I don't send them out. I'm not giving them to children. You know, I'm not doing this. Well, you're, you're making them, and then and then they're they're finding they're causing a lot of harm once they get out of your hands, and and. You know, we cannot be indifferent to the results of what we're saying. I think that scandal, I worry that a lot of people on social media, I worry about that. They're causing scandal. not only think they intend it, but they're causing scandal. And I worry about, you know, a millstone being tied around their neck and cast in the sea because they are causing people, you know, the more simple-minded, the more... Um, impressionable to, to, you know, they're causing them real harm. And, and I hope they're not indifferent to that harm they're causing. Again, sometimes that's going to happen anyway. We can't control the way people take certain things that we do and the way Mm -hmm. we say things. But I think that we should not have an indifference to what our words do. And then if we, if we actually are concerned about what they do, then we might, we might be able to listen to the spirit and adapt. Yeah. We, um,
0: I was, I was at a, I think this was at a TOB retreat or something. I don't remember where I was hearing this, but um, at some point someone was talking about how kids growing up today are actually not having the proper development of of social skills in the sense of, um, like they're not learning charity in the natural way that we used to. Of, like, if I was mean to someone as a kid, to their face, I saw their reaction. I saw their hurt. And... And that like builds these connections in your brain of of when you act this way, this is what happens in the other person, and you have to see that, you have to confront that. But but today, like you can say so many things on the internet or over text or whatever, and and hurt so many people, and not have to see directly their response. Um, and that this is like really damaging the growth of of children, is is they're not developing those those connections that that you um, that you have just from from seeing the results of your and so so I think there's an indifference being built up that way as well is yeah,
1: that's yeah. true and, and horrifying
0: yeah so okay, that's indifference second one is despair, spare me from the spirit of despair um, if spirit is supposed to be broken apart like that I just it didn't even cross my mind that mm-hmm. maybe it's not anyways mm-hmm. um but spare me from despair, <laughs> and this is—we've talked about this on the on the podcast before. Um, the other translation, by the way, is despondency, and the other most common translation that I found. Um, and so, so that is one of the evil thoughts that Evagrius talks about, which I want to do a podcast eventually on the eight evil thoughts after you do your one on sin. Um, I had to get it in there. You know, we, we got another email that was like, I'm waiting for the episode on sin. And I was like, I replied and I said, don't you worry, so am I.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> remember when I was going to be nice to you this episode? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I honestly, like the things I'm reading, because we now have two adult eds in my parish. I'm making, These are excuses, by the way, if you, if you didn't understand this. We have two adult eds and I'm taking a online class, continuing education class, and I'm doing a book study for Lux. And I'm doing a book study for the parish. So that that's five different things I'm reading at one time just to do ministry. So trying to get in anything else has been rough. And I want to prepare well for that one. So anyway, excuses, excuses. Go on, sister.
0: Okay. So despair or despondency. And so so we've talked about this on the podcast before about how this is this is one of the things I'm most tempted towards is despair. Um, and and how often over the past several years, you know, Father Michael, you've told me that my, my despair over my sin (laughs) is more serious than the sin itself. And, Mm -hmm. and this is just so much a work of the devil because when we've talked about this before too, but when, when the Lord convicts us of our sin, he always does. So putting out a hand to help us forward. He always does so with a way forward. We're never Mm -hmm. just stuck. Um, We might not like, the way forward and it might have natural consequences. Um, But, but there's always, there's always a way out of sin. And so that's what I think of here is, is it's this despair. It's the lack of the virtue of hope. Um, And it's this feeling that, yeah, I don't, I don't know that, that we just, I think it's a, it's a not acknowledging the meaning that there is in suffering. Um, That's, that's what I think despair is. It's, it's this, I'm encountering this suffering either because of my own sin or the sin of another, um, or just evil in the world, which is a result of sin. Um, and, and I'm not seeing the meaning there. I'm not seeing how God can bring good of this. Thus I despair. Um, and that's, that's, I think very prevalent today. Um, I mean, suicide rates are so high and, um, and more and more kids are just suffering from depression and things like that. Um, so, so we need to pray, pray for a freedom from that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just and the infusion of hope. You know, remember that, you know, it's even, even as you're kind of reflecting upon what I told you, you know, despair can be a worse sin than the sin itself is praying over the sin. Um, you know, it's, it's still, it, it's, it's hard. We need to define that sin because it is sin because sin is evil done by us, but also the, the solution to despair is hope and that's a gift. It's like mm-hmm. we can't we can't work on hope. We can't you know earn hope. We just need to receive it. So there's a there's a, a maybe the sin is a lack of of openness or or receptivity to mm. the gift of. Hope that is always given and I, it's very true we sometimes we and I'm not you know n- not naming anybody at all but but I think we've all felt this where sometimes it just feels better to sit in the muck of despair it just mm-hmm. it feels more home, it feels more calm it's not it's not a lot of work it's it's cathartic you know it can it can be and and that you know that can that can just cause a lot more damage and and get us to be a little bit more happy again this is not always the case i don't i don't want to say that everybody who despairs is, is enjoying it. Of course not. Um, but, but there, there is a, for those of us that, that do have that form of despair of, of just saying, you know, I'd rather just be sad. I'd rather, I'd rather not, not just be sad. There's nothing wrong with being sad, but I'd, I'd rather just sit in the muck of this and just hate myself because, because that has some sort of attraction to me or it somehow feels good more than, more than, you know, putting in the work of being, of receiving hope and joy. Mm-hmm. Again again just another disclaimer there's a huge difference between clinical depression that can lead to despair and then the despair that is a spiritual despair those are those are different things they're intertwined a bit um but but they're also different things that um one of them we can be more open to hope and the other one is is we can be, but it's also going to take more of a a biological mental mental um healing as well as the spiritual
0: mm-hmm yeah, and th- they are intertwined. Like they definitely feed into one another. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that um, if you have a clinical depression, um, you might also be experiencing this spiritual despondency, and that um, getting the right medication and the right treatment for your medical depression, um, clinical depression, uh, could aid you in also pulling out of the spiritual despondency, um, and vice versa. Working on on. Overcoming the spiritual despondency um, can help you to better approach the the clinical depression. So um, they definitely feed think, into one another.
1: And that's an important thing to why, why the different translation of despondency. I think that's helpful because despair often is used in a clinical way, whereas mm-hmm. despondency is oftentimes not. Despondency is more as I like, I like just laying on the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, at least in my mind, you know, I, despondency is more of, I, I, am kind of catatonic. I'm just sitting here not responding to the world, um, and not responding to the promptings of God or my parents or my wife or my kids, you know, whatever. I'm just kind of unresponsive. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's more of a, cause I want to be unresponsive. Now that's again, my interpretation of it. Um, I'm the father's my different interpretation of it, but yeah. So that's a good, a good distinguishment to make.
0: Um, Okay, so spare me from the spirit of indifference, despair, lust for power is the next one. The other translation is ambition. And I think, so so this is pretty straightforward, right? Lust for power, ambition. But I think that what I see the most today that I think people could focus on, especially during the remainder of this great fast, is are you seeking promotion or progress in life, um, I don't just mean career promotion but maybe social status or um, or even how you appear in the eyes of your friends or things like that any any anything like that any sort of um, any sort of vanity there. Um, are you seeking that but particularly to the detriment of other people? I think that where where I see this most today most harmfully, is when people are wanting to advance in social status or career or whatever, and they're putting down other people to do it, um, or they're not caring. They're not seeing the people around them, and it goes back to the indifference. But they're they're not caring about what happens to the people around them if it means their own advance, and
1: including their own family sometimes, right? Often,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, and again, I don't just mean career. I mean I've seen I see this in myself. So often of, um, even if I'm in a conversation and I'm wanting to make myself look better, (laughs) um, and vanity, um, I'm wanting myself to look better. And so I make this other person look worse either through a joke or through, um, or through a direct comment or someone's not here. And so I say it or, or whatever it may be. So I don't just mean career advancement, um,
1: yeah the uh, um, i'm gonna I think i'm gonna do this as a topic coming up sometime soon, but um but there's something about uh about leaving the table unsatisfied we talked about this with fasting you know like uh, leave the table when you could eat more and, mm-hmm. you know leave the table unsatisfied, leave your bed unsatisfied when you could sleep more you know kind of this this creating in us a uh, a, a lack and a want a, a poverty that, that blessed are the poor you know a, a, a poverty and um, I was talking to my spiritual director and we I, I love evangelization so much and I was kind of I always share with him you know am I doing the right thing I'm going out to bars and coffee shops and, and you know going out into the world and I just want to always let you know what I'm doing here Father so that you can kind of keep an eye on me and, and hold me accountable and as as we were talking about how much time do you spend you know doing this and I thought well why don't I apply that to to my time out, you know doing evangelization you know why don't i why don't i say i'm gonna leave this situation um when i before i think i have won the day like before mm-hmm. i think oh uh, i've done it that they're they're now they're now gonna take the next step in in becoming catholic They're not gonna take the next step in moving towards the sacraments like if i leave this situation before that then i am left unsatisfied but i'm also saying it's not obviously not me this going to do the convincing it's going to be the Holy Spirit because I've done mm-hmm. what I could for a time and now've stepped away, and now the spirit's going to continue to work so that 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 lust for power can just be a satisfaction am am I satisfied with mm. with my own efforts here am I satisfied by, with my own work, my own control over the situation, or am I going to step away from it? Um, When I think I've done what I've called to do, but but where the real satisfaction is not there, there's still a lack and that lack is going to allow room for the Holy Spirit to step in and to fill what is lacking in his way rather than mine.
0: I I like that a lot because in the translation lust for power, um, this is what lust is, right? And it's not, Mm -hmm. specifically we're talking about lust for power here. So it's not lust in the sense of most people, what their first thought would be of lust. It's not just um, sexual but, mm-hmm. but, lust of any kind is a grasping for satisfaction mm. um and an mm. instant gratification, yeah. and so i yeah. I actually like that a lot, what you just shared, yeah,
1: and and it's very it it, it seems like like that could be used as a cop out, the devil could be in all these things, but I think there is something to say for you know, I left saying, Oh my gosh, I just won the day, you know, same thing with homilies, I should stop my mm-hmm. homily before i before I've kind of been able to say, oh, they're going to listen. That's going to be amazing. People are going to love it. Like, like leave, leave them, as my spiritual director said, that's he, he said, you're in Hollywood. He said, that, that's, the, that's the main tome of entertainment, right? Leave them wanting more. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that's not why I do it. But yeah, I, I get it. Like, leave them wanting more, but they're going to search for that. They can't search for me because I've left. They're going to look for more mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit, in God, in the Jesus I was trying to preach. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, spare me from the spirit of indifference, despair, lust for power, and idle chatter. So you might think that idle chatter, what I'm going to talk about here is gossip, but it's not. Um, However, also, you should be working on your gossip because I'm trying to do that. But that's not the main point that I want to make. The main point that I wanted to make is that idle chatter um, or... The other translation is idle talking. So same thing, but it's, um, actually I feel like idle talking makes more the point that I want to make idle chatter, chit chat. That sounds like gossip, but idle talking, um, idle in this sense being unnecessary, like spare me from the spirit of unnecessary talking. And the reason I think we should focus on this is because we've become so uncomfortable with silence Mm-hmm. And so uncomfortable with space in which we're alone with ourselves in the Lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's like there's an awkward silence in a conversation and someone just fills it with something that isn't actually important. It's idle. Um, so I would encourage people to... So we have we have days um, during the Great Fast Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, at our monastery are days of silence up until pre-sanctified in the late afternoon. And, um, that doesn't mean that we can't make work calls. That doesn't mean that we can't ask another person what they're in charge of for dinner or something like that, but it specifically is avoiding idle talk. And so not having chit chat, not having conversation, um, unless it's time sensitive, unless it's important in the moment. And I think this is something that we all could be working on. Um, and just learning to train ourselves to to be in silence um and so i would say that this is this could be significant for you even if it's not literally talking um but but not just filling space with with music or with ironically podcasts or something like that like take some of your drives in silence or um just add some silent prayer into your, into your daily routine or, or something like that. Yeah.
1: I like where you went with that, with uh, just encouraging, not, not kind of chit chatter with with somebody else or just feeling silences when you're talking to somebody else, but actually allowing yourself to feel the silence and to, to engage more with Christ in those moments mm-hmm. um, who is always available and filling all things. So there's, you know, there's, he's, he's always available to us and, and And we, we so rarely, I mean got, my gosh, I, I literally were, were getting high on our data this week for my family plan, so this, this morning I turned off. I literally was like between what was it before liturgy? I was like, getting up, getting ready." And I, I had some moments to sit down in my house. I sat down and I opened my phone. I, so I turned off the data for all my social media apps. Literally, Mm -hmm. I shut off the data for all the social media apps, and then I closed it out. And then I was like, "Oh, I still have five minutes." I flipped it open and tried to do do Twitter. Like, like (laughs) literally, I could not deal with five minutes of just nothing. So I flipped it open. I had just turned off data for Twitter. I had no uh, Wi-Fi in my house, so I was literally like, "I was like, oh shoot, that's right." You know, like just (laughs) a second later, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I I need to just put my phone down for longer periods of time."
0: We're we're addicted to noise. Um, Yeah. And I absolutely, I mean, I still, I still struggle with this much less so since coming to the monastery, but only because it's something that we're so intentional about. Like we don't listen to music during the great fast. We, um, we don't have as a community, we have a communications fast during the week. Um, I also have it during the weekend as I've talked about before, but it's like, we're just so, we're so addicted to noise that, that we need these moments of great intentionality. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, those are the things that we're asking the Lord to spare us from. The next part, grant me a spirit of integrity, humility, patience, and love. Um, So integrity, this is actually, this part of the prayer, the word integrity, is I think what inspired me to have a topic on this. Because um, what do people think today when they hear the word integrity? Um... i I think I people know. think honesty like that oh, okay. someone who honest has integrity, integrity yeah. is a very yeah. honest person
1: okay yeah. um yeah, I think you're right
0: but the but the word here um, that we translate into integrity it's not it's not just like it's not honesty um it's not just the spi- it's not just the spirit of not telling lies um mm. it's actually more the form of of integration, like help me to be, give me the spirit of of yeah. integration, being integrated. One of the translations is um, "whole." Oh goodness, what is it? Whole. I don't remember something about something about being whole, though. Yeah. Um, but the this other common translation I'm looking at actually translates it as um, chastity, and yeah. so it's like. Give me this integration of soul, mind, and body and mm-hmm. and I love that so much like and and this is something i I think where where I see us struggling with this today is there 's just such a disintegration of these things of soul, mind, and body um, i I was remembering a few years ago I was talking with a priest' friend of mine and he was talking about marriage prep and how he he always finds it very interesting that um, when he's doing marriage prep with couples, they always like part of it is they talk about finances and they talk about sex. Like mm-hmm. that's part of preparing for marriage is um, is what's going, what are you going to do with your finances once you're married, and what's your view on these things, and so on and so forth. And um, and he said he finds it interesting because these are these are the two topics, finances and sex, that. Um, couples will often just like want to totally exclude God from. (laughs) And they're like, no, 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 Father, that's, that's not like, God is part of the rest of our marriage, but those parts, Mm. like that's, that's not, we don't need to talk about God in that part. Um, and he's like, no, God is in all of your marriage. He's, he's in, um, he's in every aspect of your marriage. But, um, but I see this in our, and it, it even can happen in the monastic life. Um, for me, the disintegration is when I'm I'm getting caught up in my obediences, my daily work, and forgetting to even pray, or forgetting the reason I'm preparing this pustinia for someone, or forgetting, um, like just getting so caught up and allowing it, allowing myself to be overwhelmed or anxious by my work, and forgetting to rest in the Lord. And there's a disintegration there, um, a disintegration. Yeah. And but in in the world, I see this a lot in when people are going to church on Sunday, but then the rest of the week, they're living as though they don't know God. Um, and, or or like, do you have your friends who are your Christian friends, but then you have your friends who probably don't even know that you're a Christian? <laughs> yeah. Or um, do you have like, These are the types of conversations I have with my Christian friends. These are the types of conversations I have with my non-Christian friends. And I don't mean that like you can have different kinds of conversations with different kinds of people, but are you having the different kind of conversation because you're embarrassed or because you feel accepted in that sin (laughs) or because so on and so forth. Um, And um, yeah, but I, I also, I like this, the translation of chastity for this, this talk of integration because um in our typicon we talk about how chastity is not just like a renunciation of bodily desires like that's not that's not all chastity is it's actually an an allowing to embrace all people with a chaste love and um to have this this integration, and we see this integration throughout the Great Fast. We see it as we're we're using our body in this prayer of Saint Ephraim as we're prostrating. Um, you know, Father Father John Russell gave a talk recently, and I, I didn't hear the talk, but one of the other nuns was sharing this with me. He talked about how the prostrations are such a beautiful way to embrace all of the Great Fast and Pascha um, all at once, because every time we prostrate, we're we're descending to the ground and then rising up. Um, mm-hmm. And so every prostration is a participation in the passion of Christ, his death and resurrection. Um, and like when people say our bodies, that the, our posture in prayer doesn't matter, like it's just not true. God created us with bodies. Thus, it's not just our, our mind, our hearts, our soul that are meant to glorify God. It's our bodies too. Um, so are you using your body to glorify God? Are you using your mind, your heart, your soul to glorify God? Um, that's what I think of in this this aspect of of integrity.
1: Yeah, Amen. I like that a lot. Um, one quick example I was talking this morning about: um, many of us priests are saying once the pandemic's over, we're not going to continue live streaming our liturgies for a while. In other words, we're gonna we'll, we'll live stream Matins and Vespers. We're going to stop live streaming the Divine Liturgy once the pandemic's over because people have gotten so used to just sitting at home and mm-hmm. watching it that they're they're just gonna continue doing that if we continue live streaming it. And and there's such there there there's a lack of an understanding of what the Eucharist is, of what community is, of what the effort of going to church is. I mean all these things are so um, important to our spiritual life, um but it's just when they do that, it's just checking a box or or you know you're using it for entertainment rather than participation. Mm-hmm. and so there's it it's a it's a disintegrated life if if you've put something as important and beautiful as a divine liturgy in that box, like I'm just checking a box, I don't feel guilty or I'm just i want to, I want to experience it because I like the singing or you know I, I like the the preaching or whatever without the real understanding the liturgy primarily is meant to be participated in engaged with, you know, um, and you contribute and receive in a very human practical way that you cannot do through technology.
0: Hmm. Um, okay. Maybe we do at least one more.
1: Yep. I, that'd one. be great.
0: Okay. So instead bestow on me the spirit of integrity, humility, um, and the the aspect I wanted to share of this, so there's I mean, there are humility and obedience are two things that I've just been praying with like all my prayer recently has been about humility and obedience. So there are so many things I could share about humility. But the one that struck me, the one that I wanted to share that was on my heart is um a couple of years ago we had a retreat with my friend um, Dr. Greg Bitaro, he led this retreat for our community. And it was a, it was like a human formation kind of retreat. And also obviously it was very spiritual, very much prayer, but, um, but it was more of the human formation aspect. And we were talking about communication, transparency, vulnerability in community. And when we talked about like conflict resolution with people, um, we talked about needing to see the other person and needing to empathize and needing to, to really understand where they're coming from. Um, and he said, as you're having these conversations, like I'm upset with a nun who did this particular thing and it hurt me. Okay, so we're talking this out. Um, he said, the key thing to remember is it's, it's not about being right. It's about being real. And and this is something that just has played in my mind over and over again in the time sense as I've had these encounters with the, with the other nuns, um, or it's expanded to my encounters with my family and my friends and things like that, is it's not actually about having an argument over who was right or who was wrong in the actual situation. What it's about is using this as an opportunity to see one another better, to understand one another better, and thus to have a closer relationship. Um, and a more purified relationship, and not just about like it. Sh- it can't ever be about I just want to make the point, and I want to. I want the end of this to be that I was right. <laughs> um, but I think that's often how we go into relationships: is we have this conversation with someone, and and the point of it is like we, in the end, we want to be the one who was right, and. It doesn't matter if we're still hurt at the end. Like, we want to be the one who was right. <laughs> and, um, and there's just like, I'm realizing, I'm seeing this so much in my life right now of, I don't ever want to be wrong. I don't want to be wrong. And I don't want to accept that I could be wrong. And, um, and I don't, Oh man, there was something else I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was.
1: I, I think it's also while while you're thinking, mm-hmm. I think it's also important to realize that that, um, like my I, my buddy, I've I mentioned this here before. Andrew Whaley says, you know, you have to when the evangelization, you need to earn the right to be heard. So in other words, even if you're if you're if you're evangelizing you have to earn the right from the person to even listen to you. Like why, why people in the world right now, they don't, they're not seeking objective truth. It's so it's like, why, why would I even listen to you preach? Like we, we need to earn that right first through relationship, through friendship, through, uh, you know, uh, love. And, and I think the same thing is here. If you, if, because usually somebody is right, but, but we're never going to figure out who that is or what, what the truth is. If, we Don't have that realness if we don't actually mm-hmm. haven't really hurt each other and affirm and, and desire the best for each person, then usually the next step can be now that we've established that, now we can probably actually establish what is right not who is right, but yeah. what is right. Yeah,
0: um, I remember the other thing I was gonna say is, um, I, I'm realizing how much I'm unwilling to be misunderstood. Um, and being misunderstood is so good for our humility. And I've, I've shared this before, but I, I read an amazing book years back, um, How to Profit from Your Faults by Joseph Tissot. And in this book, it's based on the, the spirituality of St. Francis de Sales. But one of the things that St. Francis de Sales says is basically the, the um, one of the best things that can happen for you is when someone wrongly believes you to have sinned because then you get all of the good things that come from having sinned like humility and a spirit of repentance without any of the negative consequences of having actually committed the sin <laughs> and um and I'm just I'm so unwilling to be misunderstood you know even if it's just something simple like <laughs> here's a place I've realized my lack of humility recently in the chapel I'm cantering um I accidentally skip a certain part of the service and to keep things smoothly, I like, you just keep going. You don't, you don't go back and like, you don't cut off in the middle of the hymn and go back to that last hymn and sing it or whatever. Like you just keep going. And so I just keep going. But then after the service, we're walking across the streets to the monastery, and I'll say something like, "Sorry, I missed that hymn," or so, because I just need it to be known that, like, I do know that I missed the hymn. You know, it's right. like right. it's and and I'm like, that is such a subtle form of pride, <laughs> <laughs> of like I can't even I can't even let it I, I, I can't let people think that um that I don't know the services and I don't even know that I don't know the services yeah. um yeah. so it's yeah um.
1: We have a. When I was in seminary, if if the uh, chant instructor would mess up, he'd uh, he'd do the like the mm-hmm. mea culpa chest pound, you know, like he'd kind of pound the chest, <coughs> and I liked it because it showed me. Since he was the teacher, it was nice to see. Okay, he I'm, I, I I I thought that was a mistake. He acknowledged it. Okay, I'm learning something. But I started doing that when I got, became a priest if I messed up I would do it and one of the person in the parish really did not like that they were just like it's distracting you know just, just keep on hmm. going like you're saying and I was like oh am I doing it wrong so now I'll actually I got this from a monastery but you kind of make this out of the cross with your thumb over your mouth as if you're like blessing the mistake you as got that from coming out monastery? of your mouth no from, uh, from Holy Resurrection oh. like where, where oh, you, we do that you too kinda, we probably oh, got it you? from okay. them yeah. Right. I and mean, they might got it from somewhere else too, but anyway, you, you kind of bless it so that like, it's almost like blessing the mistake coming out of your mouth. So that it's no longer a mistake. Um, I think there can be a place for that, but I think what the person was saying is like, if that's more distracting to people to see the cantor kind of, you know, apologizing for every single one of their mistakes and it's distracting in prayer, then stop doing it. Yeah. And that can be a very humble thing, which is the point.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's all we have time for, but, okay. um, I would encourage people to pray with the prayer of St. Ephraim. And if you have other thoughts on ways that you see these things, both the positive, both the negative aspects that we're asking the Lord to spare us from, but also reasons today, we need the positive aspects that we're asking him to bestow upon us. If you have any thoughts on this, I would be very, very interested to, to hear them. Um, I'm speaking to the listeners. I mean, also you, I guess, Father Michael. But <laughs> um, so please do feel free, especially the ones that we didn't get to, but, um, but on any of them, feel free to email whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's our email address. Tis. Okay. Um, or send a Facebook message. Or can you send messages on Instagram? Is that a thing?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Drag okay. messages. Yeah. So. Cool. That's all. Thank you, sister.
0: Thank you, Father.
1: Do I pray attention?
0: Oh, I'm sure I do. Yes. Yes. You can pray for my sister-in-law, Lindsay. Um, she is pregnant with um, her and my brother's second child. Nice. Um, a baby girl. And... This is coming out March 10th. She's due early May, but also it seems like she might be having the baby early. So um, so by the time this comes out, you should just already be praying for her. So pray Amen. for Lindsay and my brother and for all of us as we very excitedly um, await the entrance of this baby girl.
1: Amen. And my intention, uh, we have a friend of the podcast, Phil Hurtado, shout out to Phil, whose father passed away this past week. Hmm. So if you could please pray for the soul of Michael Hurtado, hmm. please. So he, he and I got to, got to have a, a smoke together. He was His dad's here in L.A. He, even though he's in Tucson, he came out here, and we were able to have a smoke and, and chat about it, which was hmm. beautiful and good. So yeah. soul of Michael Hurtado. Thanks, y'all.
0: Absolutely. All right. Thank you, guys. Love you. Praying for you.
1: May the Lord um, bless you and keep you. Yep. Cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. <laughs> May our Lord send you forth this day with the spirit of repentance and asking for the purgation of all those things um, that sin has uh, muddled, sin has um, smudged, and sin has hurt in your life. May you desire the removal of those things and open yourself up to have them removed. May you also. Desire the infusion of the things that are of God, especially the things that are hardest to receive. May you also be patient with God and with yourself that God desires to give you these things throughout your entire life, but also have the urgency and the conviction that we always could die in the moment and that we, we desire to receive these gifts in their fullness as God wills to give them. May you move forward in this great fast with a spirit of penance, with prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, always looking forward to the glorious feast of the resurrection. May our Lord bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. Love you.
1: Thank you. Love you too. Bye, all.
0: Bye.